tired of spending endless hours on the toilet feeling heavy, sluggish and in pain due to constipation? Do you dream of enjoying meals without constant worry of looking like you're five months pregnant? And wouldn't it be amazing to finally say goodbye to the discomfort of constantly needing to loosen your waistband by the end of the day? If you can relate to these struggles, you're in the right place. Welcome to another episode of the Inside Knowledge for People with IBS. In today's episode, we're diving into the experience of four of my previous clients who suffered from constipation-predominant IBS. You'll hear how they improved their bowel regularity, changed their diet diversity and reduced bloating. Hello and welcome to episode nine of The Inside Knowledge. I'm Anna Mapson. Today, I really wanted to focus on for people who've managed to really get to grips with their digestion and feel a lot better at the end of the three months of working with me. The reason I wanted to pull this out for you is to show you what's possible, to show you how people can improve and how sometimes it's not always the most obvious things that you would think of that actually helped them. They've all got different ways of approaching the diet, changes that I suggested, and they've all got different symptoms. But the key thing that held them all together was that they all had constipation to begin. Our first person we're going to focus on is Tilly. Her main symptoms were constipation, as in not going to the bathroom very regularly. In fact, you might relate to this. She started each day thinking, if I go to the toilet and I start the day okay, my day will be all right. And if I don't go, my whole day is ruined. Do you ever feel like that? <laughs> I've actually had other clients say something similar, like your morning trip to the toilet can set the scene for the rest of the day and how you feel. And it can really start to create a lot of feelings of anxiety if you don't manage to go first thing in the morning. Now, the other symptom that was really key for Tilly was nausea and burping. She felt sick a lot and it was linked to constipation and had frequent burping. So she didn't do a SIBO breath test, but I did suspect that she might have small intestine bacterial overgrowth due to some of the symptoms. When you have an overgrowth of methane producing bacteria in your small intestine, then these can cause feelings of nausea through the high levels of methane and also it's quite related to things like brain fog but this person she had this fear of being sick as well as a constant feeling of being sick so she was really anxious about the nausea as well as you know feeling uncomfortable with the sicky feeling. So when I think someone might have an overgrowth of microbes in their small intestine the key next step is to think about why how could your body have allowed a overgrowth to start now what was key here in this person is that she had a rectocele which is where the bowel can prolapse into the vagina and this can happen sometimes after you've had a pregnancy a difficult birth sometimes just through changes in your pelvic floor over time that can be hormone driven and the other key thing that was really important in this case was that she had a big peak in symptoms around ovulation so not just at her period but at ovulation she was getting more bloating and more gut sensitivity 
So these were the two things that I thought we needed to work on. I suggested that she went to a pelvic health physiotherapist and started seeing them. And that really helped to try and get some small exercises just to try and help the pelvic floor health. And this can be so helpful when you have ongoing chronic constipation as well, because sometimes you can lose the sense of the muscles relaxing and contracting at the right time in order to produce a bowel movement. So pelvic health physiotherapists are specially trained in releasing tension and helping you better coordinate the pelvic floor. So dietary wise with Tilly, we did the low FODMAP diet, stripping out all the fermentable carbs in order to get control of her symptoms. Because the burping and the nausea were really driving fear and anxiety about digestion, I wanted to help her quieten down that digestive discomfort and noise by taking out FODMAPs and then slowly reintroducing them. We were able to find one or two triggers and things that she should just keep to a low dose, but all of the other things that were being restricted unnecessarily could actually be brought back in and that was really powerful and really beneficial to realise that food isn't always the biggest trigger. So actually sometimes for her it was more a question of mental health and also pelvic health, physio and actually food, although there was some trigger, it didn't have the same impact at certain times of the month as it did around her hormones. At the end of working together, two things that she said that really stayed with me. The first one was I've stopped undoing my jeans at six o'clock. And the second one is I think I'm better. And it's just so nice to hear people come out the other side of some of these really tough periods in their lives and actually feel like things are on the up. The second person I want to tell you about was Sean. She had a positive SIBO breast test, so this person did definitely have an overgrowth of methane predominant microbes in her small intestine affecting her digestion. Now, she was only having a poo once a week, was really, really constipated and very fed up of it. She'd had it for a couple of years. She also was on a vegan diet and I would say it wasn't a particularly healthy vegan diet, as in there were very few vegetables in it, quite a lot of vegan fast food, like vegan pasties, vegan sausages. She didn't necessarily know much about cooking as well. So some of the work we did together was just thinking about how to create healthy, simple meals at home that actually didn't lead to additional bloating. Now, the other key thing with Sean is that she was working on intermittent fasting in order to try and manage the bloating. She felt better when she didn't eat. And so she was cutting out meals. But I think actually that was helping to promote constipation because she had less and less food inside her and it was slowing down her digestion. And it was also affecting her energy levels because she just wasn't getting enough food in. said right at the beginning, well, when I went healthy, it was bad. Things got worse when I went healthy and it's better when I eat vegan pizza, fajitas, burgers, things like that. The first thing we did together was to try and get Sean eating more fruit and vegetables. I started with lower FODMAP foods that were less likely to increase her bloating and also started her on some magnesium oxide which is a really good gentle laxative that draws water into the bowel and helps to promote bowel movements. She did sometimes take laxatives as well. I really wanted to get the blockage cleared and then we could start introducing more food. So part of the way to do that is just introduce low FODMAP fibres and also just introduce some laxative supplements and things to get things 
moving. Then once she was starting to have a bit more regular bowel movements and the bloating was a little bit better because she was less backed up, then I started to encourage her to eat more FODMAP containing foods. Because she was on a vegan diet, she really did need to start eating a lot more plants and like fruits and vegetables and starting to be a little bit braver with them. And as she saw that it wasn't as bad as she thought, um, she could get more confidence and started to eat a bit more of a balanced vegan diet. By the end of the three months working together, she wasn't having a bowel movement every single day, but she was going every other day at least. And I think that was a huge improvement and a huge win. And two things that she said at the end, which was really pleasing. Um, the first one was eating some garlic bread. And so she was a little bit scared at the beginning, but she said, oh my God, it was so lovely. She just hadn't had any garlic for such a long time. And to be able to enjoy garlic bread was a real treat for her and the second thing was that she went out for a meal with friends and it was like a mixed Asian restaurant and she was able to eat something and she said I would never have done this three months ago so by the end of it she'd got confidence enough to try eating in a restaurant where she'd never been before and she hadn't spent all week looking at the menu before she got there just the confidence to be able to go out and eat without feeling like she was gonna explode <laughs> and that um her tummy would be huge the next day because she had ways of managing the constipation and she had managed to get it down to every day or every other day she knew the things that helped her when i see people getting back to living their lives again instead of sitting at home feeling bloated and miserable it's just so encouraging um it's the best part of what I do I love writing down some of the things people say at the end about how they're feeling because it's great to compare that to how they started now the third person is Claire she was cutting out a lot of different foods she was cutting out anything with sugar in it she wasn't eating dairy any gluten she was cutting out a lot of FODMAP foods as well she was also only eating one main meal a day and what I would call two light meals which were again similar to Sean not necessarily feeding herself with the right amount of energy and I think that was also really triggering some of the symptoms now, with Claire, what we did was to go through the FODMAP process and as part of reintroducing the foods, we didn't necessarily find many key triggers for the bloating, but what we did do was massively change her digestive transit time. So by the end of the three months working together, she wasn't constipated at all. She was going every day, pretty normal bowel movements, but have to say she was still getting the bloating so that was unresolved we used the FODMAPs a bit like a kind of reset just to try and get a new baseline try and see if there were any triggers and what was also really interesting through this is that she discovered that gluten was not a trigger for her and she thought that gluten was always a big problem but actually bringing back in gluten containing foods and then thinking about wheat containing foods and actually doing it in a really careful considered way helped her understand that gluten wasn't the problem and wasn't the enemy and that allowed her to just enjoy eating a wider selection of foods again and, and particularly when going out or going on holiday. By going through the low FODMAP process, although she didn't actually identify any of the key food groups as triggers, what she did do was learn how to use the FODMAP 
diet as a tool. So on days when it got really bad and the bloating start kicked off again, she could use the low FODMAP meal plan or just some like ways of eating that she'd learned over the couple of months in order to help her reset. So when she feels like things are building up and it's getting a little bit out of control symptom wise, she just goes low FODMAP for a few days, tries to reset and keep working on it. I actually did a SIBO breath test, which came back as positive. Her doctor was able to give her some antibiotics for SIBO, although not the recommended Rifaximin, which is the ideal SIBO treatment, but some other broad spectrum antibiotics that did actually help. I supported her with some prokinetic herbs that would start capitalizing on the benefits that she got through the antibiotics. So again, this person different to some of the other two in that the constipation went, but the bloating didn't go by the end of the three months. But what she did get was a learning about her digestion, a real better understanding of potential food triggers. And also she can say she's been through the low FODMAP process really thoroughly. So she can go back to the doctor again and say things still aren't resolved and I've done this process because often what they'll say is go off and try the low FODMAP diet. The fourth person I want to move on to is Jenny. She was having bowel movements a couple of times a week but they would be very large and she had very large hemorrhoids and piles which are very painful and this was causing quite a bit of fear um, because of the pain of actually going. So one of the other big issues for Jenny was trying to get out the door in order to get to work. So she was really worried about how long it took to have a poo either in the morning because it would make her late for work or she would have to go to work and spend ages in the toilet trying to go. A little bit similar to the first person I talked about, Tilly, is like if you don't go first thing in the morning, actually you feel like your whole day is ruined because you're thinking about it all the time. And actually just coming back to Jenny, one of the things she said at the end of working together was, I don't even think about it now. I literally just go to the toilet and I don't think about it for the rest of the day. And obviously that is what we're all aiming for. We don't want to have to be thinking about how many times we've been or how long it's going to take. Um, so this freeing up of thoughts is really powerful part of getting on top of your IBS and getting your life back again is just freeing up some headspace that is spending too much time thinking about poo. Dietary wise, things that helped Jenny was trying to get a bit more diet diversity in, really trying to expand the range of different fruits and vegetables that she ate and because of the antioxidants that are in these plants and fruits and things that is really helpful for people with hemorrhoids. The other thing we worked on a lot was eating patterns and timing of meals and moved her evening meal a little bit further forward so she had longer to digest her food before she went to bed also really slowing down to eat her meals so really taking time to chew the food making sure it's as well mashed up as it can be before swallowing because actually that has a big impact on your ability to digest your food which can help with bloating by the end of the three months Jenny really had a very good digestion and was going every day, was not worrying about the hemorrhoids because they were, had, had gone down and hadn't come back up. And that was because the constipation was under control. She was having regular soft bowel movements every day and just generally felt a lot better.
I hope you can see with these four different stories, very different people, very different situations in terms of their life, their caring responsibilities, their jobs, very different symptoms, even though they're all IBS and they're all constipation predominant, they had different needs. And that's what's important about working with somebody individually is just working on what suits you, your life situation and actually your symptoms. And that is what is really key. And they also had different outcomes. You know, some of them would say they were completely better. Some of them were halfway along that journey in three months. And some of them, you know, still had a little way to go. But they all understood a lot more about their own digestion and what helps them and what they can continue working on after we finished our journey together. So if any of those stories have inspired you to want to work with me, I'm taking people on into my three-month gut reset and I'm also going to be running a group programme later in the year. But if you want to work with me one-to-one, then just get in touch, drop me an email. There's a contact form on my website And we just set up half an hour to have a conversation about what you think you need some help with, whether I think I can help you and then see where we go from there. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please, would you share it with somebody else who's got IBS? This information could help a lot of people. So if you've enjoyed it, please share it with someone you think would find it useful or leave me a review. Ideally five stars. Thanks. Right. I'll be back next week. Take care. See you then. Bye.